Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's do the right thing! podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to address the elephant in the room? Simply Mr. Elephant or your jumbo-ness. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today, like an itchy bomb hole took human form, it's Michael Legg. <laughs> and the inventor of feminism, Bridget Christie. <laughs> And on my right, she's yet to kiss a boy and he won't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Margaret K. Von Smith. (laughs) And with her, her name's the same as my auntie's two words, Tinder profile. It's Sarah Barron. Ah. (laughs) Like all good witness statements, we start at the beginning. It is time for round one. So, just like the whole of human progress, I've run into some problems online. (laughs) In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario, and they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is, according to Captain Bird Cyberspace. (laughs) (laughs) That one works! (laughs) It does work. Margaret and Sarah, you're working the late shift at an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet when a man comes in and starts shoveling chow mein into a cake tin he's brought from home. That is not on. You challenge him about it and the ensuing struggle for the tin. Oh, no, he spills chow mein all over your nice white shirt. <sighs> Boss Wendy Wu is not going to like that. You ask Layla in the kitchens if you can swap shirts, but just as you're stripping off, something stirs in you and Wendy's four-year-old son, Turbo, walks in on you as you're kissing with your tops off. <laughs> oh. That's a lot to take in. So, what is the right way to talk to your children about sex according to (laughs) healthychildren.org? Got there in the end. Have you spoken to yours yet? Because your children are older than mine. Yeah, my... um I had to explain what abortion was to my daughter the other day. And I honestly nearly fainted from effort. Because it's very hard to explain why abortion might be an alright thing to somebody who's only recently been in your womb. You know? How old is she, Mum? She was nine when nine. she asked. Yes, that's what comes of letting them watch The Simpsons. What abortion episode is that? <laughs> oh, they're all about abortion. Don't now. have a cow, man. That was... Yeah. I mean, abortion isn't a sex talk, is it? Or it shouldn't. Well, I I mean... (laughs) Do you not find them sexy? Pretty. (laughs) Are you focusing on the fun bits? Is that what you're doing with your... No, during sex. No, no, no. (laughs) It's all about the abortion abortion. for me. (laughs) The three-year-old is obsessed with willies in general, and he had an erection... They, I know. I they know. always do. My son They're is. My son was having erections at one, very advanced. But um, <laughs> you should see the look on Sam's And they're so smug. huge. But um, <laughs> this is what happened. Like he was on the toilet with an erection class, oh. and went, "I've got a nice big willy," and honestly punched the air. <laughs> and I don't know what to do with that. Sarah, you're American. Your parents must have had a conversation with you. No, they said nothing to me. And what wound up happening at the age of 12, I wrote a porno myself. So it was just like this 12-year-old trying to figure out sex. And because I had seen my brother naked, peeing in the bathroom with an erection, he would pee across. (laughs) My dad would have to angle the erection down. And so in this porn that I wrote as a 12-year-old, Erections meant you couldn't have sex. Because to me, they just were fixated in my head as some kind of problem. So it would be like, he took out his penis, which I spelled pinus. It would be like, he took out his pinus. 
but his erection was so big he had to wait a minute. <laughs> and get his dad to knock it down. Yeah, get that. <laughs> and I remember, I think I heard them having sex, which was genuinely the worst thing. And I think I then thought about parents. And we're talking about a couple that at this stage would have been together like 13 years. And I think I thought that what parents did at night was fuck. Which is now, as it turns out, she says, several years into a marriage herself, not how it goes. <laughs> like, if anything, they definitely weren't fucking very much. They had two kids and they'd been together 13 years. But we never really had the talk. And I just tried to figure it out on my own with my little writings. Bridget, yes. your kids are approaching the age where you'd have that conversation? Yeah. Uh, no, eight, so she's still sort of tooth fairy. But uh, the, the, the male yeah, one is almost... <laughs> You call him the male one. <laughs> That's awful. He's almost 12, so I'll just be funny about it. It's not really a big deal, is it? I think you should just be quite relaxed about it. Did your parents talk to you about sex? Are you fucking joking? <laughs> My parent, the idea, I think we'd all faint. I thought that you had to get all three bits inside. <laughs> You, wait, that was my big... Oh, the balls. Yeah, the balls the and, and the, balls. the dick and the balls. Because I just sort of gathered what sex was. I never had any conversations with anyone. I just no. sort of picked it up. But the only thing I got really wrong was that. Because I was like, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> Michael, have you ever talked to any kids about sex? Uh, oh. Well, I had to. I have no idea how to do it. They seem pretty clued up. <laughs> Did your parents talk to you about sex? <laughs> no, they didn't. I once found a condom in the toilet. and, and At I home? Had, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You're Catholic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a big deal at the time, but I just said to my mum, what was that in the toilet? I just, Nothing! Go to bed! I hate you! You're going to die! And it was just, OK, well... I guess I have to forget about that now. I remember finding a used tampon in our toilet that hadn't flushed away properly, and I asked my dad what it was, and he said it was a fish. <laughs> so he hadn't been told about sex either. I, mean, like, that's... I asked my dad what a wanker was, and he said Rod Stewart and left the room, which wasn't very, not very helpful. Uh, yeah. Any were of you, us? Were you, did your parents... Yeah. No, my parents no. talked to us about anything. Yeah, I know. How did we learn? <laughs> we're looking at the audience now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let's face it, I'm a little bit older than most people in this room. You're not older than me. I, I am older than you. I'm way older than you. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, how old are you? I know I look great. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, we had sex education at school, but there was priests in the school... I mean, that's how we learned. Uh, but, but, but also, it was mandatory. Um, um, oh, have you not brought your gear? Well, you'll have to do it in your skins. Oh, God. No. No. OK, so... Sometimes we were taught sex ed by a priest, which is obviously hilarious, uh, but sometimes also by the RE teacher, who was even more embarrassed about sex. But I remember one class just sitting there, just going, and he was talking about wanking, going, oh, a lot, I, 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 we were like 14. He went, oh, a lot of you boys will experience this quite soon. And he went, it's called masturbation. And he kept saying the word masturbation. I was like, don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then he explained what masturbation is. One, oh, that! I've been doing that for years! It's, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I agree with that. It's brilliant. Can what we did, do it now? What did you think it was? Well, I didn't know what it was just called. didn't give it a name? I just thought it was uh, party pants time. I don't know. <laughs> party for one. Margaret. Really? Yes. Please tell me you have a plan for oh, your Oh, God, I don't really. Well, no, I was sort of hoping they'd ask me questions, but I don't think they're going to. If they ask, I'll be absolutely yeah. clear. But if they don't, what, am I supposed to sit down and show them hardcore porn? Because <laughs> I don't. It'll probably come that. up at some point, won't it? So. My son was walking with his father past a large group of people the other day and said, Daddy, have you got a big willy? And I really, really laughed when he told me this and then I realised I hadn't asked what his response was. So I said, what did you say? And he went, oh, God. Said, Go on, what did you say? And he went, I said, I do all right. <laughs> <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. So we're both I'm fairly incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> 
But then he asked me if I had a big vagina today, so... <laughs> and you said, I do all yeah, right. Yeah, I do all right. You are right. They know where babies come from and stuff How like that. How do they know that? Well, I Is said... from school? Oh, you told I them. I said right? you came out of there. <laughs> there. <laughs> a friend of mine, her kid thought it came out of her bum. And it was telling a lot of people that, so she had to set <laughs> This is literally the worst episode of Top Gear ever. They can come out of your bum sometimes. What? No, sometimes. Yeah, they can. They can yeah. come out your bum? Yep. I mean, not If you only have a terrible childbirth and your vagine becomes the anus, who knows what can happen? <laughs> that happened to me. 80 hours. To become one. I'm not kidding. And in that case, baby out the butthole. Ben, is uh, anybody close? <laughs> so healthychildren.org have a lot of advice. Here are some of the highlights. Bridget said just be relaxed about it, so I've given her a point. Oh. They say talk about sex early and often. They may not always believe you. They don't always hear you, but they're often listening when they're pretending not to be. They say avoid conversations that are all don'ts. For example, don't have sex, don't get pregnant, or don't get a disease. Instead... <laughs> do get a disease! <laughs> Instead, give them some things they can do. What can they do to be sexually healthy, etc. Help them understand why sex is worth waiting for. And so I give Margaret half a point for hardcore porn here. I've heard that so often. <laughs> now they say, um, use topics presented in the media and popular teen culture as springboards for conversations about sex and relationships. Consider role-playing through a situation presented on TV. No, It no. will provide insight into your child's view of the world and enable no. you to offer your ideas. So... Teenage media, hardcore porn, half a point for Margaret there. Is that it? Half a point for the whole... <laughs> half a point for you and yep. a point for Bridget. Okay, round with that. Yay! Congratulations. I didn't know there was a point system. Yeah. Michael and Bridget, you've gone quad biking in a warehouse in oh. Birmingham oh. because you found a deal on Groupon and now you hate yourself, although there is a slush poppy machine, so every cloud. A woman approaches and introduces herself as Minnie Von Toos, racing agent. You've got a real talent for quad biking and she flies you out to the World Championships in the Kalahari Desert. You start well and are soon miles ahead of the competition, but old titty balls, your quad bike stalls just as a huge dust cloud appears on the horizon. So what is the right way to survive a sandstorm? According to <laughs> wideadventure.com. Goggles. Well, goggles. That's why I'm going for You're first. You're going for goggles. Do we have to get through? We can't just bury ourselves. Well, you could... That could go be in a shop. Well, that's that not be, surviving, that is it? Be, burying ourselves. That could be one of the answers. Bury yourself in the sand. Or go in a shop. Is that the answer? Like some sort of funnel to breathe through. Oh, sure. We'll make a funnel. Out of what? Our funnel-making equipment that we brought with us. The exhaust of the quad bike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the hottest place you've ever been to, Michael? My bedroom. Oh, God, I hate myself. <laughs> so fucking desperately alone. Um, I've been to the desert. What oh, desert? Arizona one. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty hot. I lived in Australia for about a year and a half, and uh, I was driving, and I looked down, and my arm was bubbling. Oh, oh my God. God. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. That's how hot it was. Apparently, Sydney is going to be the first civilised city to be uninhabitable. But, yeah, I was driving, and you're not supposed to go out between 10 and 2 in the summer in Australia. But, you know, I'm from Gloucester. I was yeah. just driving my car. <laughs> just slap some cheese my arm's it. cooking. Um, I mean, I don't like bubbles anyway. Right. Oh. I don't like bubbles. No. You know I've got triophobia. No, really? Yes. Which, have... Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, OK, I can't cope with lots of round things oh. next to each other. Do you not like, like crumpets? Honeycomb, crump. No, I can't cope with crump. I feel repulsed, right. lightheaded, I uh, get a really bad headache, and I think I'm going to be sick, and I, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So the bubbling arm was very bad. The bubbling arm bubbles. for me was very, very bad. Do you think if you liked bubbles, it would have been all right? You'd be like, hey, that's so cool. Let my arm is like bubbles. Stop popping them. <laughs> gross, gross. Was, yeah, always that's... wear sunblock, always have a junk. So, uh, your answer to the sandstorm is always wear sunblock. 
That's a good answer. <laughs> Margaret. My mother was in a... Sandstorm. Was that our answer? Um, no, I'll come back to you. <laughs> no, you had your chance. You chose to fucking talk about a bubbling arm. Your mother was in a sandstorm? <laughs> yeah, she was brought up in a sort of hut um, <laughs> on Lake Niagara and there was some sort of sandstorm at night and when they got up in the morning and the entire inside of their... Their log, their log cabin was coated in sand, like <laughs> ceiling to floor. I think it sounds terrifying. I mean, it was weird, and like my aunt had half a dead crow as a pet for a while. It was weird times. You know. Which half? Yeah. I assume the top half. Why do you assume the top half? Because I think she's not mad. She's not the arse of a crow as a pet. She wants to pat it on the head, doesn't she? <laughs> Sarah, have you ever experienced extreme weather? I think the most extreme might have been the beast from the east. And I had to travel on a train to do a stand-up gig. And I was, like, going to be the one who got there on time. But everything was so delayed, I had to sort of rush through the club onto the stage and wound up doing stand-up about how terrible it is to be married. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> and um, it's going to be so fun. It's a lifetime of happiness. And um, so I just sort of got into it because I couldn't read the room, of course. It was like a Friday night in Nottingham or whatever. And there was just this massive pissed Hindu and they got so angry at me understandably that they booed me off the stage so I sort of showed up to be the little nothing's gonna stop me and then was just a piece of shit didn't know what was going on in the room told this woman her life was over and was like ushered off by her friends an absolute British nightmare said with but respect but also um, <laughs> Hindus are worse than sandstorms I mean yeah, I definitely I'd be better I would take a million sandstorms over a Hindu Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Lifetime um, of happiness. All right. If, if you find yourself wrapped in the sandstorm, would you try and escape it? On a quad bike. On a quad bike, or outrun it. I would totally just chill out and sit down. <laughs> the fetal position. But if Lie you're breathing down. in, I would bits get as low sand. as I could and that is dangerous. cover my no. ears, nose, because you have to still try and breathe, don't you? Well, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you'd be wearing something, wrap something. Oh, that's good. Yeah, around your nose, mouth, and ears. I'm not just you can't sh- breathe through your ears anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try it. Would ben. there be a shop anywhere? Or? You're obsessed with going into a shop. <laughs> Take the quad bike into the shop. Everybody go into the shop. Ben, what's the answer? Well, Bridget's got loads of points here. Oh, Oh, how annoying! Um, So, according to Wired for Adventure, once you're in a sandstorm, it's too late to try and escape. Your sense of direction will be completely compromised by almost nil visibility. To make matters worse, if you cannot cover your mouth, the sand will pour down your throat and into your lungs, suffocating you. Which is a strong start. I don't it? think any of us really understand the gravity of a sandstorm. Yeah. I don't think anyone here knows what a sandstorm <laughs> like, oh, is. No, I said that. It's like hail, right? <laughs> no, it's like, you know, when you've got builders in your house. It's worse like than that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five times worse than that. <laughs> only five. To constantly offer them cups of tea even though they can fuck off. No. <laughs> To be fair, Margaret did point that out, so point to Margaret for Thanks. that. A point to Michael here. So when travelling in areas known for sandstorms, be sure to carry airtight goggles and a mask. So <laughs> if you can see a sandstorm on the horizon, don't think it's your chance to grab some award-winning photography. Run away. While they can be fast-moving, they're often quite slow, and you can outrun them. Um, they're fast and slow, that was the answer. Yeah. Thanks. Do you have to run in a zigzag, or is that just... <laughs> If you do get caught in a sandstorm, find the nearest big landform, such as a rock, and take shelter. Mm. If you can't find anything, stay put. Moving puts you at greater risk and you may get lost. So I gave Bridget half a point for saying get buried, because that is staying put, to be fair, and half a point for saying get low to the ground, because that's sort of taking shelter next to the quad bike. But can you take half a point off her for going on about going to the (laughs) shops? Because that is moving. Actually, the shops would be shelter as well, so another half point to Bridget. Margaret, your bad sportsmanship has backfired, hasn't it? It's taking part that counts. I'm also going to give Sarah a point for saying get in the fetal position, because that fundamentally wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, That was like a backhanded point. It's rude. That's like a rude point. Yeah, it's a bit patronising, that one, Ben. I don't want that point. Most of these are backhanded (laughs) points, to be fair. The whole Um, series. Protect your eyes and mouth with the goggles and mask. Cover your ears and put petroleum jelly in your nostrils to stop them from drying. Long clothing will prevent your skin from getting ripped apart. Um, what? 
So, uh, I'm, I think you'll find I did say, put your clothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's going to take one off now, isn't yeah. it? A bit embarrassing to beg for points, but... Um, uh, <laughs> if you don't have goggles and a mask, shame on you, they say. Without proper protection, wet some cloth and tie it around your mouth and nose, then try and breathe as normally as possible. Another piece of cloth tied around your eyes and ears will give you the best chance of survival. Two points for Bridget oh, there. No. Um, <laughs> Sandstorms can happen in unison with thunderstorms, so be prepared to experience lightning. Check out Do the Right Thing, God. Series 5, Episode 5, for further information. <laughs> and their final tip is, after you've followed these steps, wait it out. A game of I Spy is always fun, but you might run out of things to spy after the first go. Oh. At the end of that round, Ben, what are the scores? Well, Michael and Bridget have five and a half. Margaret and Sarah have two and a half. Oh! <laughs> Hello, um, you were just listening to me, weren't you? Unless it's one of the ones I couldn't make. This is Margaret. I really hate asking you for money, but if I do it now, maybe you'll give us enough that we never have to ask again. Go to comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash donate and please give us a one-off donation. Like, I don't know, how much do you earn? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's one month's salary is fair. Don't you? Oh my god, imagine Every if this month. Is a rich benefactor. <laughs> Sorry for making you homeless in advance. Bye. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What are you doing that for, you annoying He's fired up. (laughs) Stop fighting. Fucking hell. Is this just going to be loose women all fucking night? All my life I've listened to men banging on tables and I've had enough. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, have you been on loose women? (laughs) Well, I haven't, but in a way, we all have men because Russell Brand has been on it. Has he? Uh, yeah. Has he really? He has been on and he was really, really good because he said nothing. Did he do this? Oh, I fucking love women. Don't I look like him? Oh, I think they should have the vote and everything. I think they've got that now, ain't they? Oh, oh I've got a baby now. And I've had a female baby. One drink. One drink. It's made me think about women in a way I never did before. Bridget. show, isn't it? <laughs> Arrow that, yes please. They're turned into Janice Street Porter. I think I might reinvent myself as like a, a left-wing guardianista, like a female baby-loving cunt or something, I don't know. Oh, I'm a ooh, female baby-loving cunt. Oh, Have a banana. Oh, look at me boots. <laughs> <laughs> can do all the walks and all. I'm Russell Brand. I'm a revolutionary. I've had a female baby. Oh, I ain't mad at all now. I'm grey. Look at the hair in my beard. Oh, oh. <laughs> we might as well go home. Ay, 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 did you get that, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Are you going to... How many points those? do we get? Yeah. <laughs> right. I am looking forward to this edit. <laughs> ben, it's you. It won't happen. <laughs> it's the second wine. Sorry. <laughs> one drink? What? One, one drink? <laughs> so now I'm going to have to do a 
joke and it's going to be rubbish compared to... Do it properly, to... Danielle. Sell it. Like having your parents join a conversation about transgender identity, this round is agony. <laughs> round I'll be getting the panel to solve some problems from our audience but before that I'm going to judge their judgement with a letter sent to a real agony aunt Michael can you read this please dear agony aunt my teenage daughter loves the fact that my sister rides a motorcycle I've clearly told them both that my daughter is never to have a go on the bike however last week I arrived early to pick her up from my sister's house and caught them in the act of motorcycling. <laughs> that was funny. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that they had been riding together for months. Worse, my parents knew about it. I am so hurt that my family did this to me. Obviously, my daughter will never be alone with any of them again. But now she hates me. I want my sister to tell her that what they did was wrong and dangerous. I want my parents to tell her that they were wrong to keep such a secret from me. Short of that, I might just cut them off completely. Is that reasonable? <laughs> and if so, how should I deliver such an ultimatum? Margaret. Yeah. A lot to unpack there. Yeah, no, what I'm would you, what you, thinking... You've got a daughter. What would you, yeah. How would you feel if she got on a motorcycle? I'd... With your sister. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this man is an awful arsehole. I think when the audience laughs at your problem, <laughs> then that means you've got something wrong. Sarah, would you be annoyed if yeah, your I... sister defied your wishes? I think so, because when I first read this, I thought, OK, he's being a crazy pants. But then, actually, it's like an entire family betrayal everyone was going behind this guy's back. I think that the full family cutoff is cuckoo. I, I but have, but I you sympathise. I have a question. Yeah. Where in this does it say that person is a man? I thought it was a woman. <gasps> oh. I'm just saying all women are sexist. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the forbidding. Like, I know no, if I forbade my sister to do anything, she would immediately go out okay, and do this it. girl is a teenager, and it's really important for teens to have something that's theirs that is not to do with their parents, you know? And so I think that the sister would not put the niece in danger because they obviously love each other. Being on the back of a bike, and she's not riding it and she's a teenager. They're probably having a whale of a time. It's a very liberating thing to do. I'm uh, it's you, you're, you, I mean, walking I won't let like my noises. son in a car but you that's not a scared. Volvo. I mean, I'm very... But you can't be scared. Okay, go and climb no, Bridget, I can. I'm <laughs> she also is. smelling a favourite child situation here. I think that there's a long history of the sister who's taking the niece. Yeah. I think she's the favourite child. I think that's really bringing up some issues so for the parent the, of the, the daughter. The parent doesn't want the good child to die, but he doesn't <laughs> mind the bad child riding a tiger. Correct. <laughs> I always thought that, like, I was my dad's... Like, my mother is all about my brother, but I was my dad's special one yeah. and recently like a couple of years ago with both of us as adults it came out from my brother's wife that my dad had published for my brother like a, a collection of all the emails they'd ever exchanged with each other like my sister-in-law was like oh da, 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 the email book and I was like what email book and she was like oh n nothing there wasn't a nothing I was like, what email book? And it turned out that my dad, who was supposed to be the one who loved me the most, had compiled a book of all the emails that he and my brother had what ever... The fuck? I know. This all, sound, this all sounds so healthy, yeah. it really Doesn't really it? <laughs> ben, what did the real agony aunt say? The agony aunt sat on the fence a bit. The, uh, the advice comes from Dear Prudence at Slate.com, who says... I share your freakout at the idea of your child secretly zooming around town on a motorcycle and your justifiable anger at them deliberately defying your express wishes. However, I don't think you should go nuclear and cut off relations. So point to Margaret and Sarah there for saying cutting off relations is a cuckoo idea. Mm. I hope you are all reasonable enough people that you can sit together and hash this out. They need to see their violation. Another point to uh, Sarah there. And perhaps you need to consider that there are contained circumstances in which you'd allow your daughter to ride with her aunt. A point there for Bridget. This is something a mediator could facilitate if all of you are too angry to talk. I'm a chicken and a safety freak, so I'm with you, but there's something about this girl swaggering on the road with her auntie that sounds amazing. Another point for Bridget there. 
So, uh, on the fence, but yeah, it's a lot more complex than the initial idea seems. It's not complex. He, she sounds like a brick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've learnt how a real agony aunt does it. Let's see you deal with some problems from tonight's audience. Is Marianne here? <coughs> Marianne with the useless boyfriend? Marianne's problem is this I broke up with my useless boyfriend in February but he hasn't moved out of our flat yet how do I I make him fuck off Mm. now don't ask Margaret she'd let him stay there for years (laughs) I've still got all of mine (laughs) (laughs) it's really awful (laughs) Sarah have you ever had to get an ex-boyfriend to leave your house no I've never had that many people want to be around me. Yeah. Um, gosh, true. look, he, he's paying rent, yes? Yeah, most of it, but not all of it. Oh. Uh, vague. Um, no? but of his share or <gasps> the whole thing? I know. Of his share. I know. Of his share. Of his share. Of his oh, share. Of his oh, share. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what would happen <laughs> if you just said, this is not working for me, I need you out by May 1st? What do you think his response would be? I mean, obviously he knows <laughs> I don't want him there. He's currently in Mexico, which, no! which, is, no! which is, is sort of helping in the short term. But he, he yeah, I don't, really, I don't really know what else. Well, while he's in that. Mexico, just oh. chuck all his stuff. I mean, <laughs> no, Margaret. Oh, I'm so sorry. Line. So he's paying most of his share and he's out of the flat in Mexico. Currently, yes, but he will return. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> he will this return. <laughs> <laughs> who broke up with who? Oh, I definitely broke up with him. <laughs> How long you, had you been together? Two years, just over two, uh, oh. two years. Scale of one to ten, what's your guilt level? Oh, uh, zero. Girl! <laughs> get him gone. Yeah, I mean, he's got till May lot. 1st. He's got till May 1st. You've got to do some American direct he's eye just, contact communication. Do you know his family? Very, they're really, <laughs> that's, that was the sad thing. They're really lovely and he's awful. That is <laughs> always what happens. The good ones have shitty families and vice versa. Oh, I no think way. this is really cruel, but I, th- I think this will get the job done. I genuinely think when he comes back from Mexico, you do like a real good acting, like Helen Aaron job mm-hmm. and you're like um I don't and you can sort of perform getting a little choked up uh, I you're like I, this is totally fake I should win an Oscar <laughs> you're like listen this is hard for me um <laughs> while you were in Mexico I met someone and then you ride that out I mean I've met someone if it helps <laughs> baller is he a bouncer <laughs> Is he a what, sorry? A bouncer. I mean, um, that would really help. No, but he is taller. <laughs> Shall I tell you exactly what I would do? Yes. yes. I would say, <laughs> this is very fair. We have broken up. We're not going to be together anymore. I don't hate you. We you sound like you're reading it. Very <laughs> <laughs> We've had some it's on really, her tattoo. really great... <laughs> it's my bubble She's tattoo. She's bubbles on her arm, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but um, you don't really seem to understand. I don't want you to come back from Mexico. So I think this is fair. <laughs> All of your stuff is at your mum's house and I've put it there and I've changed the locks. So, you know, when you get back, we can have a coffee or something. I hope you had a nice time in Mexico. I'm really, really into you if changing you... the locks on his mum's house. <laughs> I think that's the best thing you can do. He wouldn't expect it. They go, Jesus, she's nuts. Right out the door. I'd just get a drugs cartel to finish him. (laughs) And then just run a hand along his shelf, knocking everything into a bin. Easy. Easy. Has anybody been helpful, Marianne? Mm, very helpful, I think. Who are you going to give points to? All, all the locks. Yeah, Michael and Bridget. <laughs> so, uh, the next one we have Lucy. Is Lucy here? Lucy with the rug. Lucy's problem is this. My housemate, who's also here tonight... Oh, Ooh, has, I love this. <laughs> ...has bought the worst rug ever. And he's put it in the living room. It's a cow skin and it's huge. I'm talking seven foot long, five foot wide, and it looks like someone has literally squashed a cow flat. It even has the remains of legs. The remains of legs? Uh, the remains. Anthony Hopkins... <laughs> 
One of his finest performances, The Remains of the Legs. Oh, beautiful. It's awful. He knows I hate it, and so does everybody else who sees it, but he's insisting it stays in the living room. Help. Who the fuck has a trophy cow? That's terrible. I'm not saying I understand a trophy deer or a trophy um, unicorn, but a trophy cow... Anyone can fuck those guys up. <laughs> I think it probably cost him a lot of money. This is what I want to know. How, How much did it yeah, cost? But it, does, it doesn't matter. It's an upsetting thing for anyone to see, let alone lion with a glass of whiskey. I mean, what Don't kind of a fucking him. animal are you to lie on a skin? Dead. What? One drink. <laughs> I think your roommate is very angry with you. No. I think it's a very aggressive choice to make such a bold design purchase. Like, that's not just the sort of innocuous rug and someone is being uh, weird. Yeah, it's not This person thing. went, yeah. I'm going to buy a fucking rug, bitch. And now you have to deal with it. Do you now. both rent or does he own? No, it's, it's my flat. Oh, 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 what's up with you? What's your deal? Why oh. the rug? Yes, we get it. You fucking hit a cow with a steamroller. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It is slightly different. No, 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 no. I got very high-pitched there, Bridget. No, you don't have a fucking cow skin rug. You just don't. No, I agree with you, but try to be neutral about it. No. It's not about you. It's Oh, Christ, that's what you English want us all to do. It's about this situation. Do you like him? My housemate? Yeah. Yeah, we've been friends for like 15 years. Mm. Okay. In that case, I would suggest... Flatmate, shut your ears for a second. Um, Cut a little bit off it. Every day. And eventually... Should I start with the legs or there's also the remains of a tail? And you can also see it's like butt cheeks. Oh, my God. Okay, I've got the absolute perfect... Torch it! I've got, the per- I've got the perfect solution. So the guy, it's your flat. You presumably have got the biggest bedroom. He does. Put it in there. I suggested this already. What did he say? There's no room. You can sleep under it. You do a really good impression of him. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, drops. It's like he was in the room. Have you got a wall? A wall? Have you got a wall in your bedroom? Have you got got a wall? (laughs) Nail it to the ceiling. (laughs) This room on the ceiling. I don't think you appreciate how big this fucking rug is. Why don't you take a photo of it? Frame the photo. (laughs) Put that on. Roll it up and put it in your fucking parents' loft. (laughs) Sadly, that's where it came from. It's very hard having pets in London. Just think of it as a pet. Drag it round the park on a lead once a week. Why don't, you, why don't you go out and see a living cow and just respect it for what it is? I think I have the answer now. Oh, God. This wins hands down. Who does it matter more to? Man... why does it matter so much to you to have it in the living room is it because you bought it and you like it woman it upsets you doesn't it yes because you have humanity and compassion I hear it I hear it and that thing was eating grass at some point yeah. And now these guys can run oh, fucking exactly. big skin. Yeah. So Exactly. Black and white lives matter. Yeah, but it is this flat. <laughs> Look. There you go. No, no, no. These guys love each other. They've been friends for years. They probably agree on loads of shit all the time and they're really happy together. And they felt so desperate to ask a panel of people who don't know anything about anything, really, what the... Uh, they know what the answer is. This is the... <laughs> Over to you. Lucy, how's that cleared it up? Is there anybody you'd like to give points to? I appreciate the resounding support and hoping that he's now going to fucking get rid of it. So I'm, can I give everyone a point? Oh. Go on then. I mean, that means nothing to the scores, does it? <laughs> Okay, let's check the scores, producer Ben. Margaret and Sarah have six and a half. Michael and Bridget have ten and a half. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm really glad. Listen to that one. 
doesn't mean anything. Fuck you. Fuck Patronizing you. Patronising bitch. <laughs> it's time to ask the experts. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, the panel have to waste an expert's time by trying to guess what they would do in some extremely relevant scenarios. So let's welcome today's trained professional. It's expert human resources manager, Colleen Cheatham Gerrard. Hello. Oh. Hi. Hello. 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 Right, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second guess what Colleen would do in some HR-based scenarios. Ooh. Before then, you've got the chance to get to know her a little bit better by asking her some questions. You lucky devils. Go on, then. Uh, well, did you study human behaviour at university? No, I fell into HR by accident because, I don't know if you know this, guys, but um, graduating in the middle of a global recession with an arts degree really doesn't work for the old career. No. So uh, I fell into HR. What degree? What? History. Oh. Super useful. Um, how... <laughs> I was going to say, how racist are you? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then. Yeah, how, how racist are you? <laughs> I mean, we might on a find scale? something out about horrifics. <laughs> on a scale, or... Yeah. Right, uh, I, I would say fairly, you know, non... Fairly non. <laughs> I, I abide by the Equality Act of 2010, as I am professionally obliged to say. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a people person? Do you like interacting with humans? I find that people who describe themselves as people person tend to be sociopaths, so no. Oh, okay. Do you have empathy? Um... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I I used to, and then I've done this job for nine years, so not really, no. Would you microwave fish in an office? No. That's a hanging offence, no. Instant dismissal, instant dismissal. (laughs) Right, this is the first scenario put to Colleen. She's working as HR manager in a company that makes high-end garden gnomes. The owner has recently got his son Gary a job in the factory, but this has pissed off all the other workers because Gary is a prick. Things boil over when the factory foreman tells Gary off for slapdash gnome painting and Gary smashes his gnomes to the floor and storms off calling the foreman a fucking bellend. The foreman files an official complaint. What would Colleen do in this situation? They can't be treated any differently. Do you not think? But she might treat them differently. I mean... Anonymous letter. Anonymous letter to the boss saying your son's a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a dangerous thing for an HR manager to do. (laughs) Call me crazy. You can say it, but you can't email. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You've got a history degree. I don't think you're going to allow a cunt to be a cunt. I agree, I agree. I think she's going to put together one of those letters. Like, an, again, I just think... A, a ransom th- note. A ransom note. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> like a ransom note letting this fucking boss I, know what a piece I of shit his son is. I think she's going to put it in the context of some historical event, like yes. maybe the Second World War or something, and say, if I let Remember you when? get away with this, we all know what happened last time. <laughs> I, I don't think... <laughs> Colleen, have you had to deal with this situation? It was a slightly different kind of industry, and yes, uh, you've sort of both been right. So it's worth saying that the son was a prick, mostly because the boss was a prick. Um, Classic. Uh, I mean, yes. Nightmare. Nightmare. Classic. So had I gone to him and said, mate, Gary prick he would have made my life a living misery and I had like rent to pay and I was dull so what I did was because I was also slightly concerned that our entire staff would have walked so I pulled in the son to a disciplinary gave him a bollocking said I'm going to put this into your file we didn't have files it was very unprofessional so I made a file for him put it into his file and then I gave in my notice the next day and just just to make 100% sure I moved to London Beautifully managed. Wow. Beautifully managed. So I wrote my own references before I left, just to make sure. <laughs> so the answer is run away. <laughs> Scenario number two. Colleen is working as HR manager in a high street retailer. The cleaners have complained because at the end of the day, they keep finding Twix wrappers full of cum in the staff changing room. <laughs> what would Colleen do in this situation? Bridget, when you worked at the Daily Mail, did you find Twix wrappers full of cum? 
Well, it was Kit Kat wrapper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa, uh, four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, it's a health and safety risk. People do not come in contact with bodily fluids. We see it all the time. People wear those blue gloves. I saw a man wearing blue gloves this morning when I was taking my daughter to school looking for something. <laughs> so. <laughs> Was that the end of that story? <laughs> I took my, I took Worst my... X-Files ever. <laughs> I've got gloves. I took my daughter to a church group on Monday and they all have blue gloves on. <laughs> Don't take her back, for fuck's sake. No. Two drinks. <laughs> no, nobody, whether they're a police officer, community support, cleaner, should ever touch... <laughs> anything that has come out of another person's body. And that's the opening bit of Leaving Neverland. <laughs> really moving documentary series. Well, to start with, I wouldn't assume it was semen. Yeah. Yeah. Porridge. I think it was PVA glue. Mm-hmm. PVA glue. Well, I had a bath today. And she wants an award. On the, on the top of the water was all this stuff, right? Oh White, God. clear stuff. And I thought, has he been wanking in the bath? But it was the bath bomb that I'd had last night. Disgusting it was residue. pig. Wait, your son or your husband had been waking the night Oh, before. I don't know. Anyone who comes in. bomb that was full of cum. No, I thought it's the least popular flavour, it really is. You drop it in, it really fizzes. Um, no, it was the um, residue of last night's bomb, which was called a fairy bomb oh, or something. Oh, I love those Northern Irish old terms. The residue of last night's bomb. Oh, I've just remembered something. Someone I know wanked in the toilet. Winked at the toilet. Wiped it on the wall. Bridget, is that the end of that story? Uh, Is it someone... No, hang on. Is it it someone from the comedy industry? No, this is a long time ago. Oh, yeah, before comedy. (laughs) It was Stan Laurel. That's who... Well, that's a fine mess. Sarah, how do you think Colleen would deal with the cummy Twix? I mean, it's an all-staff memo where you just say, friends... I'm running away to London. (laughs) Yeah. Friends and colleagues. I've actually, I've heard for real that, like, a thing that happens is that people smear shit on the walls. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern Irish again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At work. In protest, just Mm. at work. Yeah, straight up. So, but cum is so much more... Delish. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's um. Oh, what have I got? What have I got? Oh no, is this Russell Brand again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to put it. Oh, oh, I quickly eat this. Colleen, what did you do in this hypothetical situation? Oh, this did not happen to me, but this genuinely happened to uh, somebody I know through a network. So they didn't want to like publicise it because they didn't want copycat behaviour because that is a thing. Oh yeah. my god, is that what they thought? Totally. That kind of thing does happen. So somebody from the HR team had to sit in the canteen like a sort of grubby (gasps) Miss Marble and watch who was taking all the Twixes out of... No! Genuinely. Oh, my God. And then they had to check back the CCTV (coughs) and they were like, yep, it's that guy. But But here's the fun part. It's really hard to fire people if they've got more than two years of service. And because there was nothing explicitly saying, please don't wank into chocolate biscuit bar packets. And because they couldn't prove that he was, as it were, masturbating on company time. Maybe he was bringing it in a jar. We couldn't prove it. So they couldn't fire him for that. So eventually they got him for fraud because his mum was using his staff discount card. So not only did this man ruin Twixes for everybody, he also ruined that fun fiddle of letting somebody else use a staff discount card. Yeah, so Al Capone, wow. isn't it? it was so they put Cam 
cameras on the snack bar. Input cameras. It actually had a member of staff sat there pretending that she had a problem in her office, so had to work on a laptop, oh and she was there all day God. watching the vending machine. So points to Erin Margaret uh, for being about the most accurate. And before we leave, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yes, please follow me on Twitter. I am at the Colleen CG. If you would like to see me talk about things that aren't Twit packets full of cum, although I can if you want, put in some requests. Uh, I talk about my stand up there. So mm-hmm. round of applause for expert guest Colleen. Yeah. Like a men's rights activist overhearing a private conversation, we're about to do the wrong thing. tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets a bunch of keys I stole from under a plant pot round Sting's house. (laughs) 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 The round ends when we hear producer Ben's honk. So, first one. Everything you win turns to gold. What is the wrong thing to do? We in a toilet. (laughs) Become a Russian prostitute. (gasps) Julian Assange wants to hide on your yacht. What is the wrong thing to do? Tell him, stay as long as you want, Mikasa Sukasa. <laughs> your neighbours show you their apocalypse bunker. What is the wrong thing to do? Watch ITV3. <laughs> shit in it. <laughs> yeah, shit in ITV3. Your skin is squeaking. What's the wrong thing to do? We on it. <laughs> Poke Ooh. all the bubbles. <laughs> You have one hour left to live. What's the wrong thing to do? Become a paedophile. <laughs> Move the clock forward. <laughs> Film it for your Netflix special. <laughs> An apple a day keeps the doctor away. What's the wrong thing to do? Give it to one of those man babies that fucking hate Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> Craig's bought another bloody drone. What's the wrong thing to do? Fuck his dying mum. Um, Take it to Gatwick. <laughs> this ragu is horrible. What's the wrong thing to do? This what is horrible? Ragu. We in it. And put <laughs> Craig's decapitated head into the ragu and then piss on shit on it and then put it on social media and say, hey, uh, live here. Rape my plate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shit, shit on you. Your Russell on it, Brand gets better with each attempt. <laughs> oh. 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 And we were having so much fun. It's Ben. It's Ben. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the end of the show before we take off and nuke the format from Orbit. Producer Ben, what are the final scores? This is astounding. (gasps) Both teams have 14 and a half. Oh my God! Well done, both teams. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Do the Right Thing featured Bridget Christie, Sarah Barron, Margaret Cable Smith, Michael Lake, expert Colleen Chibinger, and me, Daniel Warder, the voice of Professor Walker, and he put the strip together with David Reed. Martin White did the music. Thanks to the Phoenix for having us and to Gwyn Reese Davis for helping out. Do the Right Thing is a fast production for the internet. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.